Hello, friends and family. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. You know, I've been seeing something lately that has been irking a nerve. Um, as I've been driving to and forth, I've noticed that people are putting their political signs in the yards, identifying what candidate they support. And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe that one should be willing to advocate for the candidate that they support. And I believe that each person, each citizen has the right, the prerogative to put whatever political candidate they choose advertisements within their front yards for public display. You know, so whether you have a Biden Harris sign or a Trump Pence or Trump 2020 sign, that's your business. That's your prerogative. And I have no comment about that. I just want you to vote. But what has been irking me, bothering me, has been these signs that I've been seeing lately that has Jesus 2020 on them. It is as if the people who are posting these signs are saying that we don't support Biden, we don't support Trump, we don't support Republican, we don't support Democratic, we support Jesus. And since we really don't have a dog in this fight, we don't have someone that we truly support politically in this election season, we'll just make it known to our friends and neighbors that we are for Jesus in 2020. And you know, this bothers me. It bothers me because, one, it can create a place for indifference at a time where indifference is dangerous. It's almost as if the people who are putting these signs in the yard are saying, it really doesn't matter who wins. We just want Jesus to win. Or, Jesus is our choice. And it seems like a very spiritual stance to have. It seems like, you know, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah, we choose Jesus. I understand that. Even so, one person that is notable and have notoriety in all circles and spheres of society, black and white, to promote a advertisement that basically says that they are a kingdom independent. And so they vote for Jesus. That's who they're voting for. They're voting for Jesus. And that's good. But the truth is, you don't really want to come down on either side because you don't want to offend anyone. And that's dangerous too. But this whole idea of indifference, Jesus 2020, it's that mindset that some people develop that says, it really doesn't matter who wins. God is still in control. God's will will still be done. So it doesn't really matter whether it's Trump or Biden, Harris or Pence, Republican or Democrat. God is in control. And therefore, when the grand scheme of things, whoever wins, still falls under the divine sovereignty and divine jurisdiction of God. And that is true. But 
Here's why I would argue it's a dangerous position for us to have. When I was in seminary, one of the books I recall reading vividly was a book for a class called Evangelism and Church Growth. And this book was written by J.I. Packer, and it was called Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. And Packer was basically saying that if God determines who will be saved, and if we are saved because God chose us, or even if you want to use the theological terminology of election, that God has already chosen the elect who will be saved, then why should we go next door and knock on doors and why should we have these camp meetings and these tent revivals for outward evangelistic programs? Why do we have all of this money that we put into um, trying to reach lost souls to Jesus Christ? If God has already determined who will be saved, then why don't we just chill and let God do the saving? Packer says, while this is true, it does not negate human responsibility that God has called upon us to go out into the hedges and byways and compel men to come to Christ. He has called upon us to go into all of the world and preach the gospel. He has called us to the Great Commission, which is to make disciples of all nations by baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So God has given us this responsibility and it is wrong for us to negate our responsibility that God has given us because of his divine sovereignty. That some way God works within human action and divine sovereignty to bring about his perfect will, that God works through man to accomplish his will in the earth. And so the whole thesis of this book is that the divine sovereignty aspect of role in salvation does not negate our responsibility to do evangelism. It's not an either or, it's a both and. And I suggest to you, beloved, today that that is the same for us. Yes, God is divinely sovereign. And yes, God is in complete control. And yes, God will win in the end. And yes, we already know what the end will look like because we have Revelations 21 and 22. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The whole earth and old heaven have passed away. We, we know how this thing is going to play out, but it does not mean that we don't have a role to play. That God expects for us as his children to not sit on the sidelines and act as if we are indifferent about the decisions that are being made concerning human affairs, concerning policy, concerning things that will affect not only his creation as in the world, but also the creation as in mankind. So God is best for us to engage in the civic discourse. He is requiring us to make sure that we are actively engaged by voting and to just simply put a sign in the yard that says Jesus 2020 
which can give the implication that I'm not concerned about this election. I'm not worried about who's going to win. I'm not worried about policy. I'm not worried about being caught up in understanding positions because, listen, I follow Jesus and Jesus is my choice. God is saying to us that this is wrong. We cannot look at his divine sovereignty as an excuse or as a reason or rationale for us becoming disengaged. There's no place for indifference. Bottom line is this, my brothers and sisters, Jesus is not on the ballot. If he was, it would be an easy decision for us. If it was, all of us would be on Team Jesus. If it was, it would be a unifying electorate. I would hope for a Christian nation if Jesus was on the ballot, but he's not on the ballot. He is not a choice for you when you go to the ballot box on November the 3rd or when you receive your ballot in the mail for absentee balloting or when you are going, if your state allows for early voting, to the polls even today. Jesus is not on the ballot. So let's stop acting as if we can disengage by stating that Jesus is my choice. In this election, that is not a choice that we have. In this election, we have two individuals who are put forth as possible candidates to lead this nation. In this election, you have two candidates that are put forth for other positions within your community. We have two candidates in Alabama for the Senate. You may have two candidates for your representatives. You may have two candidates for your countywide positions if your county is having elections in November. You have two candidates that you must choose from and Jesus is not one of them. I know that may not be so comforting to you, but it's actually comforting to me. I'm glad Jesus is not on the ballot. I'm glad Jesus is not on the ballot because Jesus is not up for election. No, no. Jesus reigns. I read now from Psalm 97. Hear what the word of the Lord says. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame. Who make their boast in worthless idols? Worship him, all you gods. Little G. Zion hears and is glad. The daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. 
For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. And you who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the life of his saints. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, O righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. That is the entirety of Psalm 97. But the first verse, my brothers and my sisters, sets the tone for everything that comes afterwards. And it proves what I'm saying to us right now. It says the Lord reigns. When you look at this in the Hebrew, it is simply saying that God reigns in the past. God reigns right now in the present and God reigns in the future. He's not up for election. He cannot be voted in. He cannot be voted out. He simply reigns. It does not matter what you say. It does not matter whether you believe in him or not. He simply reigns. He is in complete control and he reigns over all things. He cannot be impeached. He cannot be removed. He cannot be dethroned. It is not a democracy. Your vote does not count. Your opinion does not matter. He simply reigns. And this is why it is an offense to put Jesus 2020 on any side as if Jesus is just going to start reigning in 2020. He reigned in 2019. He reigns in 2020. He will reign in 2021. There will never be a time where Jesus Christ does not reign. And hallelujah to God for that fact. And that is the comfort that we have that ultimately, regardless of who may occupy the Oval Office in Washington, D.C., God, Jesus Christ, still reigns. So he wants me to tell you today he is not on the ballot. He is not up for election. So there's no need for us to sit back and act as if we can become indifferent and not vote because of Jesus being our choice. In fact, if Jesus reigns in your life, then you have the responsibility to vote. If Jesus reigns, then you have the responsibility to cast your ballot. If Jesus reigns, then you have the responsibility to vote in a way and have policies that can ensure that his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. If he reigns in your life, then you do not have the right to sit on the sideline and at this field, it does not matter because of who Jesus is. In fact, because of who Jesus is, you have a moral, a civic, and a Christian obligation to vote. So, my brothers and my sisters, pray about it. Look at the candidates who are placing themselves on the ballot, who will be presented as candidates. Look at their positions, study the policies, and then go and vote for the candidate that most aligns with the kingdom principles that God reigns. And if you do this, my brothers and sisters, God will be glorified. I want to just speak directly to you today and tell you indifference is not a choice. 
Indifference is dangerous. Jesus is not on the ballot, but there are candidates who are, and their policies will affect your life, not only indirectly, but directly. And the Lord is asking us or telling us that we must go to the ballot box and vote for the candidate because at the end of the day, Candidates will only serve a certain number of terms and will only serve for a certain number of years. Presidents will come and go, but the Lord will still reign. Senators will come and go, but the Lord will still reign. Representatives will come and go, but the Lord will still reign. There will be governors who are Republicans and Democratic, but the Lord will still reign. Rain. To end this conversation today, it reminds me of that song that says kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. He is not on the ballot, but he reigns today. He reigns yesterday and he will reign forevermore. Go and vote because Jesus is not on the ballot. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening.